Podcast One. Advertising on Facebook and Instagram can be a frustrating exercise, especially if you don't know what you're doing. But what if there were 10 simple things you could do to increase your Facebook ROI by multiples? Well, today's guest, who spent $2 million of his own money on marketing and is a Facebook certified professional planner, is about to take us through them one by one. It's a very social episode 461 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing absurdity. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner who's ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. And that's exactly why this podcast exists. But if it's not enough, you can always grab a copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, that I wrote with you in mind over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Big episode today. Facebook certified professional planner Cham Tang drops 10 Facebook advertising wins right into our laps. And oh boy, they are so easy to implement. I love it. A listener who's increased her website traffic by 700% thanks to this show wins over $1,000 worth of prizes in this week's Monster Prize Draw. And I'm going to let you know about next week's special guest, who's possibly one of the most passionate business owners I've ever met. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Righto, let's meet today's special guest. Cham Tang is the co-founder of Authentic Education, which is a multi-million dollar marketing training company that specialises in helping small business owners, just like you, take control of their marketing. Ah, man after my own heart. I love that. Cham has also been personally selected by Facebook to be privately mentored, having spent over $600,000 of his own money on Facebook ads alone. Plus, his business was selected by BRW Magazine as a BRW Fast 100 company. So he's doing something right from a marketing perspective, his old cham. Now, this is a really generous interview where he shares 10 easy wins to drastically improve your Facebook advertising's ROI. And trust me, they are really easy to implement. He reveals his biggest marketing learning from working alongside Tony Robbins the rather large American motivator type chap. And he talks about how he overcame a negative procrastinating mindset in order to create a multi-million dollar training business. Interesting chat there as well. I started off by asking Cham what he loves about marketing. Oh, where do I even start? I think I love marketing the most because that's what drives the business. I mean, the only reason the business would really fail is because they don't have customers. And the number one way to get customers is, is typically marketing. Uh, but more than that, I love the process. I love that it's communication and you can connect with people through the message that you create through marketing. Yes. Yeah, correct. I had Amanda Stevens on a few weeks ago, a marketing and consumer futurist, and we both agreed that, you know, there's a lot of small business owners, including this is why I do this show, but there's so many small business owners out there struggling to create effective marketing. Are you, are you seeing that in your travels? Yeah, it's not only that they struggle to create effective marketing, they use the words, I don't have a clue. Like, <laughs> I don't know where to start. I was never trained. I don't know what I'm doing. Or even worse, they might outsource it to some person that's charging them thousands of dollars a month and not getting results. So it's it's even deeper than that. They don't even know where to begin. Well, that outsourcing thing, and we'll talk about that later because you've got a pretty uh, pretty cool course happening in June and July, but the outsourcing thing frustrates me and I still I don't necessarily have the solution, but there's that group of business owners who don't have the marketing budget to employ an agency and they don't have the marketing knowledge to do it all themselves 
and then they've got that middle ground which kind of uh, allows them to go and you know get a logo done at design crowd and get some seo done from an seo crowd and it all becomes a bit disjointed so um i guess what you're doing with authentic is awesome because you are you are educating them to give them enough knowledge to create yeah, something that's right that, that i always say yeah outsource your marketing you outsource your income like I think about Steve Jobs, arguably the world's best marketer when he was alive and he never had an agency doing his marketing. Like marketing mm. was built in to Apple products. You can't really separate them. So if you want to create something great, you've you got to learn marketing. It's just part of wearing a business owner's hat. Jobs, well, Jobs did two things really well, I guess. One was that you know, the best marketing is a great product. And he had a great product. Sure. And, and he was the absolute master of publicity. No one did it better. Definitely. Yeah. You might be the next Jobs of Australia, champ. Hey, let's, <laughs> mate, let's talk about Authentic Education, which is your business, which is there to set, set up to help business owners with their marketing. How did Authentic come about? Well, it came back in 2009. I remember I was reading a lot of personal development books and, you know, they all say, do what you love, all of this, this kind of thing. I thought, you know, what is that? I really love personal development. I didn't really know how to start, but I knew I didn't want to work for someone else simply because, you know, I make a terrible employee. I always thought that <laughs> if I work twice as hard for this company, they won't pay me twice as much. But then if I work half as hard, I won't like myself because I'm not living to my, my potential. Oh, yeah. So I was stuck. So I always had a calling to do business. And it wasn't until I met my business partner, Benjamin J. Harvey, who's the, the main speaker of our company, that things started. We had similar values. We got to talking. But it was one Monday morning walking to work. I had a severe case of Monday-itis. Oh, <laughs> in that moment, I picked up my mobile and I thought, hey, Ben, let's have a serious conversation about if we could start a business. And things started from there back in 2009. Those Monday morning, Monday-itis kind of feelings, I think, have been have spurred a lot of uh, small business launches. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? Uh, so you got Jack of working for the man. You kind of figured you could do it better. You felt like you were unemployable. Uh, ben was the same. And you've gone, okay, now's time. So what did you do? What do you do to leave a job, I guess a secure job, as secure as a job can be, Uh you just walked away from it and had a crack? or Pretty much, yes. I had enough savings. I mean, it was back in 2009, which would have been a perfect time to buy a property. So I had a choice. Yeah. Do I put this money in like an off-the-plan property deposit or do I start a business? Because I can't do both. I went the business route and I knew that I could survive for at least a year without making a cent hmm. in the business. So that's what I decided to do and I thought I'd just figure it out as I, as I went. And essentially, that's what I did. I mean, I struggled so, for so long with, with marketing and business in general. And that's why now that leads me to having a rapport and an empathy for, for business owners that are confused with, with marketing, business, and to a lesser degree, the, the mindset around it as well. What, what was the idea? I'd like to talk about mindset. I think that's actually absolutely critical. Um, what, what was the um, idea that you rang Ben up about on the Monday morning and said, let's start? Let's start a business where we educate people on the stuff that we love to learn ourselves, which at the time was personal development, but over the time has now morphed more into small businesses and specific type of small businesses that we're kind of niche to, which is anyone who likes to coach, speak, deliver education. Um, but yeah, we, we go across a whole gamut of all small businesses. What kind of the, the, the personal development stuff, is, was that something that for you was, was a passion and how you'd benefited from? Yeah, it was for sure. So I always suffered from having a negative mindset and, and self-doubt and being a massive procrastinator, all these things. So reading all the books and doing all the courses, like I worked for Tony Robbins for two years in Australia. I did all of his events, but it taught me that the biggest value and the biggest joy in my life is educating other people, not so that they can have a one-off thing like you know, bake a cake or fix their garage, but something where I change their mindset it has a lasting impact. Kind of the gift that keeps on giving, so to speak. Oh, I love that. Tell, tell me, Cham, about that time when you had a negative mindset, self-doubt, procrastination. Was that just something that you grew up with? Was it in your genes? It's certainly in the genes of my family. I see it in my siblings. And um, it, it can be such a – it's so detrimental, you know, when you can't move forward because you can't make a decision and you don't believe in yourself and all that stuff. Is that where yeah, you were? Sure. 
it's I think it's like partially nature, like in the genes, partially nurture. I had, you mm. know, conservative Asian parents and they drilled into me security, security. Like yeah, every time I yeah. go on a holiday, my mom would be like, Well, why do you need to spend money on a holiday? You should be saving for a property, saving for a rainy day, <laughs> all of those things. And even in school, I think what got drilled into me is that I can achieve a, a perfect score. If I just study hard enough, I can get ten out of ten. Oh, big but then deal. I start a business. And you're doing a marketing campaign. I can't get ten out of ten, but my brain is still looking for the perfect answer. And this oh, yes. perfectionism like stops people dead in their tracks from progress. Perfection gets in the way of progress. It gets in the way of production. It stuffs people up. Was there was there a moment? You said you worked for the great Tony Robbins, um, <laughs> who's a very polarizing character in Australia. I guess you learned that over two years working for him. But sure. did you? Um, was there something that you read? or that someone said to you, or what happened for you to break through all that procrastination and self-doubt? I think it's experience from from being in the trenches. Yeah, sure, you can read a book. That doesn't change your mind immediately. But when then I experienced it, I thought, this is so true. So I remember one day I was in my business working from home, as you do when you first start off, and I just was spending all this time reorganizing my Gmail labels and <laughs> choosing the ideal color for them. Yes. And after a while, this little voice in my head said, Chem, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> we got to focus on the stuff that is important. We got to make progress, not trying to get these little yes. labels perfect. Did you get the labels perfect? Did you color them and stuff? Or? I, I, got, I got them half perfect and I realized I, I had to move on. <laughs> trying to select the perfect shade of green wasn't, oh, wasn't I love adding it. to my oh, bottom mate. line or anything. We, uh, well, I... I, I'm going to admit it right here, episode 461. I've been there. I have done. <laughs> I've done the the hours on the Gmail labels, and at some point looked up and gone, "Really, yes. really, Timbo? Sure. Pull your finger out, mate." So, so Cham, um, you start authentic. You, it was a self um, a self help type business. You moved across to marketing. Why is it? Was that the particular passion that you and Ben realised that you really had? Well, what we started to do is teach people how to start a business and we wanted to help people help other people. So help educators educate others. And that continued for about five, six, seven years. It still continues to today. But after a while, people started asking marketing questions. And since I was the head of marketing, I have been since day one, I started answering those questions. Then I did a few speaking slots like at our paid courses. And then that has kind of morphed just due to the demand. It morphed into me getting out from behind the computer, like running Facebook ads and stuff, and actually getting on stage, talking to people. I never would have dreamt of doing (laughs) doing a podcast 10 years ago just because of the public speaking part is very (laughs) nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, it's it's morphed into helping people with marketing because there's a massive massive demand for it. Oh, mate, there is a massive demand for it, and uh, and good on you for doing that. I mean, that's exactly what we have in common. Two years into Authentic, you uh, you did look at Ben in the eyes, didn't you, and go, oh, is this going to work? A bit yeah, of a rough, I had rough this time. moment where you, you really think of quitting. I think the whole I started comparing where I could have been if I stayed in my corporate job. Because after two years, it's this part where the excitement has kind of died down, but the results weren't fully there. I wasn't making more than I would have if I just stayed in IT. Mm. So then you start thinking to yourself, wow, we had one unsuccessful event after another. Marketing wasn't working. I look at my friends. They've got a nice office, holiday pay, security, all this stuff. And I don't have that. And I start thinking, you know, what's... What am I doing differently? Maybe I'm not cut out for it. And I remember looking at Ben after an unsuccessful event one time thinking, I'm just not sure if we've got what it takes. And even worse, I remember looking at him and thinking, maybe I chose the wrong business partner, which looking back is a terrible thing thing to think. (laughs) But I did did have this self-doubt and I made this kind of promise in my mind. I thought, one more event, I'm going to give it one more go, not tell him anything because I don't want to be a negative person or anything like that. But I'll give it one more, one more go. Um, yeah, and then from things, things started to turn around because we just started to change things radically. I started actually listening to other people's marketing advice. I think I had an ego before that, and I thought I know this because I've worked with Tony Robbins and I've worked with these other companies. Um, but I actually started researching other people's marketing advice, getting their programs, courses, books, whatever, get my hands on, and and just learning one system that worked. Love it. Yeah, ego can get in the way sometimes, huh? And I guess coming from a brand like Tony Robbins, I mean, 
you would get in the way. It's like, oh, yeah, I've done that. I've been, I've been part of that business. I can do anything. Yeah, exactly. And I saw them work it as well. I saw from the inside behind the scenes how marketing should work in, in a similar business to ours. Not exactly the same, but similar. So I wasn't really paying attention to anyone until the pain of, you know, maybe I'll have to quit and go back to my corporate job sank in. And then that smashed through the ego, did, I guess. Did you meet the great man? Yeah, a number, a number of times, actually. What was that like? That was awesome. Um, he is a larger-than-life character. He swears a heck of a lot. Yeah. I've never seen him live. Yeah, I have. I, I'm, it fascinates me. I was watching I'm Not Your Guru only the other night for about the oh, third Netflix, time. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm fascinated, uh, digressing here, but his use of, of language, of profanity, is really interesting. And I think I've seen somewhere where he explained why he did it, which, in fact, might even be I'm, in, I'm Not Your Guru. But... Um, you know, it's to make a point, and he uses it pretty well. I got to say, when he swears, it's like you, you sit up and pay attention. Yeah, for sure. Probably because he's six foot and so confident. Oh, well. he's more than six foot, isn't he? He's about six foot eight or something, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a big unit. He's for sure. a big unit. What, what was the what, what was the one thing you learned from Tony Robbins? And it may be from a marketing perspective. I would say from a marketing point of view, he had a, a really good line, which was on a private call uh, he did with the team. And he said, the same reason they come is the same reason they will buy. And you just have to find out what that reason is. So he was saying the same reason someone would come to his first event is the same reason they will buy his entire you know, mastery university. But from a marketing point of view, the same reason someone would pick up the phone and call you or the same reason they'll fill in a contact us inquiry is the same reason they'll purchase everything that you've got. So you just have to find that reason and keep talking about that very reason as opposed to trying to go with the pre-done brochure that you've created and your five bullet points you thought so long and hard about. <laughs> just stay on that, that same reason and, and drive it all the way home. That's uh, what I learned the most. H- how, do you, how do you find that reason? Uh, by keeping a similar message to market match and also, you know, surveying your, your people. If you're on the phone, it's easy. You could say, you know, out of curiosity, what was the reason that you, you called today? Mm-hmm. And then how long has that been a problem for you? How has that affected other areas of your, your life? From what we do, as an example, we run events. It would be a similar thing. I, I keep the same stream of, um, you know, unique selling point all, all the way through all of the material that we run. Don't try and do like a bait and switch with your your marketing. Don't place a Facebook ad that talks about building your dream home and now when they come to talk about the off-the-plan property, you're now talking about cost-effective houses. It should be building your dream home all the way So, through. So when, when I like the idea of finding the reason. Like what, what did you say? The same reason they come is the same reason they will buy. Um, that's correct. Th- that's personal. Each, each time that's going to be different, right? Some uh, One business owner is going to call you about a course you're running and say, listen, I'm really I'm – really, um, social media is just freaking me out. Can you help me? So that's the reason they've called you. So then do you go down the track of conversation around social media and how you can impact their use of social media? Then the next one calls says, I've just got a lack of confidence around marketing. Can you help me with my mindset? So that could happen easily on a phone call where you take people down a path of conversation around that reason. Yeah, that's called. right. I mean, the phone call is very flexible, but even from a marketing standpoint, you you pick a similar um, unique selling point or slogan on your marketing. Let's say it's Steve Jobs. He's running with MacBook Air, the thinnest notebook ever. People who call up about the MacBook Air or walk into the store, if all the billboards are saying how thin it is, they've self-selected. So mm. the fact that they walked into the store and they saw all this marketing, they probably are the people that really want a thin notebook. So let's start showing them the side profile of the the product as soon as they walk in because that's probably what they're interested in how thin it is yeah got it good learnings from uh mr robbins you can have yeah, a wor- sure. you can have a worse marketing coach hey uh cham i, I want to get into um these ways that we can all improve our facebook advertising because you're a bit of a legend when it comes to that but let's just talk about this one day marketing course that you've got happening in june and july because um from all reports and from what I can see, it looks pretty good. Why are you putting Why are you putting it on, and who's it for? So I'm putting it on because so many business owners struggle with marketing. They have all these 
things like, oh, do I need a big budget? What if I'm not tech savvy? I'm, ta- I'm starting from scratch. Do I employ an agency? Do I not? Is it Facebook, Instagram, social media? Should I be doing everything? All these questions swim around in their mind. Yeah. And I've been there before. So I'd hate for someone to go through that exact same thing. So this is a one-day event for all of the people across Australia. We're actually going to New Zealand for the first time. And it's for business owners, coaches, speakers, people starting from scratch on a small budget, B2B, B2C. Uh, The reason it can be so for so many people is because if I take something like Facebook ads, we've got 16 million people out of 24 million Australians of the population on it. So pretty much every man, woman, and almost child is on Facebook. So the same way I place a Facebook ad for a small business owner, doesn't matter if they're a a plumber, a coach, a property agent. It's it's exactly mm. the same. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the things that you're going to cover in this one day, and it's mm. pretty extraordinary. You're going to break down um, your highest converting Facebook ad. You've got e- email subject lines that create a 43% higher open rate. How to use Google search to get 100 leads per month. I mean, I love all these. I, I love the headlines you know, unto themselves, but is it then realistic for a small business owner who's going to attend one of your courses to then go back and be able to implement this stuff? Yes, for sure. I mean, not obviously everything, every small thing to the lowest level of sure. detail, but the biggest problem small business owners have is they don't have a map. So I'm going to give them my personal marketing map and break it down, which is three solid steps. And then into that marketing map, I plug in my top seven marketing mm-hmm. methods. So there's a whole bunch of marketing methods I've tried that, that don't work. I've spent many frustrated hours and money on them. And I'll go through the seven that do work. Things like you've mentioned, Google, Facebook ads. But for all the people who have spent money on Facebook ads, I find that half the people have spent at least $100 on Facebook ads. But the reason they haven't spent 1000 or 10000 or like we have, I spend 250 grand a year on Facebook ads, is because they never saw a return. They mm. haven't got that system to unlock a 500% return. Once I share with them that system, your marketing budget for Facebook really becomes unlimited because who wouldn't want to spend more money on a stock that's returning five times? And it doesn't return five times a year. It's not a 500% per annum. Usually the turnaround time is, we're talking three months, six months absolute max. Mate, that's awesome. And you're going to very shortly share some ways um, we can do that. Just interested, you said you've tried a lot of different marketing things, some that failed dismally. Can you think of one where you've, you we went in with very high hopes and you know a month or two later you've gone, oh my God. Yeah, for sure. That was a waste uh, of time. Uh, I would say one of the first ones we did was trade shows. We, we went to the Mind Body Spirit Festival. We set up a store there. We did the whole thing, doing the graphic design, the billboards and organizing it all. We were there for the whole weekend. Very time and labor intensive. It, it barely broke even, I would say. So I had a, I had a lot of hopes for it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very manual way of marketing. What if I said, because sometimes, you know, as you would well know, and I've spoken about this on the show, is that marketing's made up of two components, message and medium. Too many people race to the medium and get that sorted out first. So the medium in your case was the Mind, Body and Spirit Festival. Mm. Um, Maybe that was right, but you got your message wrong. Or do you think you got your message right and you were just in the wrong place? Yeah, I think the message was okay. That could have, <laughs> when we were just starting off, that could have been done with some help. The medium was, once again, still a little bit manual because one of the other things I, I tried was like networking events or random things that don't invoke, invoke trust, like having a fishbowl competition at a cafe and people dump business cards in, th- things like that. They're just not very scalable. Like you, you can't mm. decide to, to 10x that kind of marketing method um, as opposed to, things like Facebook ads, you can 10x it without 10 having to spend 10 times more time or resources. All right, oh, Cham. Well, I want to get stuck into these Facebook tips. By the way, uh, everyone, if you if Cham is kind of floating your boat and you're thinking, I reckon he could help me with my marketing, go to authentic.com.au and you will be able to register for this um, these one-day courses that he's running around Australia and New Zealand. In, yeah. in June and July. Now, Cham, you spend two hundred and fifty grand of your own money each year on Facebook ads for a five hundred percent return on your investment. Plus, you're a Facebook professional certified planner. 
Can us mere mortals achieve similar results? And if so, how? Oh, yes, definitely. Really? I always talk about a 500% return. The returns would actually be higher if I was spending a little bit less money. If I wasn't spending 250000 a year, but it was more like 50000 a year, I'd be getting like a six or 700% return. Reason is there's only so many of the perfect, perfect ideal customer on Facebook, and I just expand that out um, a little bit. So, I mean, common questions I, I usually get with Facebook advertising is, how much do I need to spend? The short answer is minimum $5 a day. Um, is it B2B or B2C? I'd say it's both. A lot of people say, what about LinkedIn ads? I say, have you tried LinkedIn ads? <laughs> um, the, pla- the platform isn't nearly, LinkedIn ads is like a toddler, mm. whereas Facebook ads is like placing ads with a university student. I, I must say LinkedIn, look, LinkedIn, LinkedIn ads look invisible. I, mean, I can't even think where they appear right now, right. whereas Facebook are very obvious. And, and people always pull out the stat, you know, what about if I want to look at a manager or a CEO and, and they're on LinkedIn? Well, surprise, surprise, the manager and CEO is also on Facebook, mm-hmm. but they actually use Facebook regularly because they got friends and family they want to keep in contact with. How often do you think a CEO is actually on LinkedIn? And if they're not on LinkedIn, how can you advertise <laughs> how can yeah. you advertise to someone who's, who's not there? So it's, it's Facebook all the way. Um, interesting you say it's B2C and B2B. Uh, 50-50 split or it really is predominantly a B2C marketing medium, but... As you say, I mean, people, the CEO is still a person and still has family and wants to check what they're doing, so they're on Facebook. But is it a skew towards B2C? It is skewed towards B2C just because that's a bigger bulk of revenue that's, mm. that's generated in general. Uh, but you're correct what you say, Tim. You're not advertising to a company, no matter how big no. they are. Even if you're advertising to Westfield, it's really the decision maker in Westfield. And people are putting their job titles in Facebook now. So I can see people who like... Westfield, as well as people whose job title is HR manager or whoever it is that you're trying to to get in contact with. The, the discussion we're about, you're about to give us uh, up to 10 points on how to get a 500% return on our Facebook advertising, but do the same principles that you're going to share apply to Instagram? Yes, they do. So Facebook owns Instagram mm. and 95% of what you can do on Facebook, you can do on Instagram as well. The other 5% is just things like video length you have shorter videos on instagram versus versus facebook but everything else is the same so if i was to place an instagram ad right now the first thing i do is go to facebook.com forward slash ads and i create an ads account so the back end of instagram ads is exactly the same as facebook it's just another little button i hit you know i can choose to place an ad on the right hand side column mobile news feed stories and there's another little button that says instagram news feed that, that's all it is. It's the same way. As a business owner, which how would I make the decision as to whether to advertise on Facebook or Insta? I would do both. I would be creating an Instagram profile and Facebook and just do both and let what we call the algorithm. You always hear this term. It's their secret source. They figure out where the best clients are for you. They spend oh, really? billions of dollars on this algorithm. Just let it do its work and broaden the the funnel so that they can pick and choose out of more people who would be your, your best client. So just to be clear, you are not, as the business owner, the advertiser, choosing Facebook or Instagram. You're just ticking a box that says, you know, put my ads on both and you, you guys decide where. Correct. Yeah, right. put my, you can put it in, it's what, what's called placements. You can put it in 10 different placements. Facebook newsfeed on mobile, desktop newsfeed, right-hand side column, Instagram newsfeed. There's one called, you know, instant stories, um, applications. You know, how sometimes mm-hmm. you might be on an app like Candy Crush. You might see one of one of the ads that we place there, or you know, Facebook ads. Does the does that influence the creative? Then, uh, do you have different creative for Insta versus Facebook, and do you have different creative for right hand side versus inside the news feed, or is it the same same message each time? What's good? It's pretty much the same, and then you let Facebook do the mixing and matching for you. So you should always be testing as a marketer. So we might create an image. We find image and video ads work the best right now, still, and they're the easiest for people to get their head around if they're starting. Mm. So we like to create a video that's a square video that's one or two minutes maximum in length, and then that can apply a- across all platforms. Um, an image as well. You can do a square or a standard rectangle image and that goes across platforms and then let Facebook do the mixing and matching for you. It will decide that 
this particular image of the girl laughing does better for Instagram newsfeed. And this video of the mobile, whatever it is, does better for, you know, Facebook desktop, as an example. Cham, 10 things to help get a 500% return on our investment from Facebook ads. What's the first one? So, by the way, I just want to preface that these 10 things are really quick wins that a lot of people probably don't know that they could do with Facebook. I've just learned from, you know, trial and error. So, the first one is... Chan, by the way, I love quick wins and I know my listeners (laughs) do too. So, uh, you know, Uh, just on that, that's such a marketer. The marketer in you, is I love it because like just those little phrases like quick wins, it's going to get people to sit up and, and pay attention. So, there's a lesson in what you did just then and that's to find those little emotions statements in your marketing copy in your marketing conversation for your business that get people to sit up and take notice that's right the buzzwords the buzzwords Um, anyway number one buddy let's let's go number one would be to spy on your competitors ads so you've got competitors out there they could be in australia they could be overseas look for their facebook page and you might find someone in canada that does a similar thing to you then go and google facebook ads library Facebook ads library. This is a new thing that's come out in the last month. Facebook, after the whole Russian election thing, how supposedly the Russians were placing ads to meddle with the US election and got Trump voted. They want anyone who's placing an ad to be more transparent. But how we use that as small business owners, you can go to the Facebook ads library, type in your competitor's name, and you can see all the ads that they're currently running. Why that's good is you should screenshot those ads start creating a library of them yourself, come back in two weeks' time, and if they're still running those ads, that probably means it's working for them. And now you can take the ads that are working for them and you can model them, as in change them up a bit, keep the structure, but slot in your own images, your own your own product. So that'd be the first thing. Don't start your ads with a blank slate. Start with something that's already been proven in your industry that's working, but just happens to be in another city or another country, and yet they're not direct competitors, so to speak. Well, that's interesting. So just on that, um, because one thing we've spoken about previously on this show is stop watching your competitors and and tell your own story, um, but clearly there's there's room for both. So what you're saying is look at these guys' ads, and then and you say not really competitors, just businesses in the same space as you are, but uh, geographically separated, maybe overseas. Yeah, and- that's right. I mean, I would, wouldn't really count this as stop watching your competitors. I know what you're talking about there. This is more about market research. So if someone was placing a Facebook ad, they'd probably go out and look for Facebook ad template. But why get a generic template of a blog post from six months ago when you can see what's working as of last week Yeah. from someone, you know, just happens to be in another country? Like it, buddy. Uh, number two? Number two would be this concept of lookalike audiences. People don't understand that it's not about having the best food when it comes to your business. That's important, but it's about having this hungry crowd. So the most important or one of the most important things in your Facebook ad is who you're targeting. And the easiest way to do that is to give Facebook examples of your best clients. So if you've been in business for a while or if you've got a Facebook page, an Insta profile, a website, you can say to Facebook, um, a number of things. Here is, you know, 200 mobile phones or email addresses of clients who have purchased or prospects who are interested. Upload them to Facebook. You create what's called a custom audience. Then you say, out of this custom audience of the people I just uploaded, find me 160,000 people in Australia who look exactly like them. And then Facebook, with its algorithm, will find a match. It will go through all the hundreds of different data points of all of those people, find similarities, and within a, in about four hours it'll have 160,000 people. In all my testing of different audiences, lookalike audiences are always in the top one or two types of audiences. It's a lot better than trying to rack your brain thinking, oh, they have to be interested in this book. They have to have liked this kind of page. It's not as good as a lookalike. And you can create that if you've got at least 100 likes on your Facebook page, which hopefully you haven't paid for those likes, mm-hmm. like they're not all in Zimbabwe or something like that. No offense to Zimbabwe. But if you've got at least 100 likes, 100 visitors on your website, you can say to Facebook, find me people who look more like these people and you essentially duplicate your your results. It's one of the great things about social media versus, you know, above-the-line advertising. This is very little wastage. That lookalike audience are going to be people who are going to be hungry or at least interested in what you have to sell. Definitely. 
Essentially, it's kind of like cheating. It's like a shortcut. It's just, <laughs> i got a whole bunch of customers. Can you find more exactly <laughs> like this? It's it's better than any PR company or anything could, could, could ever do in that way because it's so niched. Facebook tip number three, Cham? It would be that you don't need a website. Some people think, oh, if I do Facebook ads, Cham, I've got to create like a landing page, a website, and then now am I doing click for – and I just get lost down this rabbit hole. But there's a thing called lead pages. So not lead pages, lead forms. Lead pages is a different company. Mm-hmm. Um, lead forms in Facebook where people can fill in an opt-in form without leaving the Facebook platform. So if you imagine someone is scrolling through their news feed, they see your ad and they think, oh yeah, I'm interested in that. I'll put my details in. They click a button, up pops a form still within their Facebook news feed. It pre-populates their name, email address, their mobile number if they've given it to Facebook, which most people have for security reasons. All they have to do is click the submit button and you're done. No wow. no landing page, no website, nothing like that. Uh, does that mean that Facebook retain all that data or at some point can you uh, scrape that data and put it into your own content management system? Yeah, you, you can scrape that data for sure. It's yours. I mean, that's why you place the ad. Yeah. You get that information by logging back into Facebook. And if you want to automate it, you've probably heard of something called Zapier. It automates a whole bunch of different um, online programs. You can automate it so it goes straight into your your MailChimp or your Aweber or whatever you're using to send out mass how emails. Do you, how do you spell Zapier? Z-A-P-I-E-R. Okay, we'll check that one out. Number four, Cham? Number four would be Square Videos. I mean, everyone should be using videos where possible because they build trust more than anything else that you can possibly do by meeting people face-to-face. But Square Videos take up 78% more real estate than Rectangle Videos just because of the size of them and how they appear on someone's mobile phone. So where possible, make your videos square. If you've got an existing rectangle video, I mean, it's easy done. You just chop off the left and right parts as long as there's no vital information there, which there usually isn't. um, Just make it square. It's a real quick and easy win. I mean, the next time you see an Instagram or Facebook ad that has a rectangle video, just they don't know what they're doing really it's just such a waste of space um in order uh, just technically i'm just i've just opened the video on my smartphone now it it automatically just does rectangle doesn't it so oh actually does it yeah it does it automatically does rectangle that's because that person's video is in rectangle yes but if you imagine it was a square video there would be another um whatever that is another 50 percent of space below that that video it'd take up so much more uh room on your mobile phone, which is just a lot more compelling. Like people can see your face better on a square video. They can read the text better or all of these things. So how do you repurpose a, a video from being rectangle to square? Is there software or yeah, how do Yeah, you do I that? mean, you can use any video editing software. We personally would use something like uh, Filmora or Camtasia. Filmora is the cheaper $100 version. Camtasia is a, is a few hundred dollars. And then when you export the video, you choose the ratio. So instead of doing uh-huh. a typical ratio of 1280 pixels by 720, you do 720 by 720. Uh, how do you spell Filmora? I'm getting very detailed here, but I'm yeah, loving it. It is detailed. Uh, F-I-L-M-O-R-A. Love it, mate. I'll put all these links in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 461, but that's really helpful. Number five, Cham? That would be captions. So a lot of people, most people, would watch videos silent because they're either at work, they may be on the train, in the toilet, their partner's sleeping next Mm. to them, and they don't want to have noise. And if if you don't have captions on your videos – you're, you're missing out on like two-thirds of the people who watch a video on mobile phone. So definitely you want to be adding captions to all your videos. Otherwise, it's, it's 100% wasted money for placing a Facebook ad or Instagram ad or any type of ad that has a video w- without captions. How do you add captions? Uh, there's many different ways you can do it. It gets a little bit technical. The easiest way for people listening out there, I'd go to fiverr.com and get someone to add captions oh, on really? your, your videos. Otherwise, you've got to do a tricky thing with VLC Media Player. It's it's outside the scope of this, this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, for some reason, I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, but YouTube ad captions 
automatically. Don't they have some kind of AI, AI bot that can listen and then create the, the subtitles? Yeah, so that, that's a good point you bring up. What I'm talking about is baked-in captions. So YouTube will add the captions for you, but they overlay a captions file over the video. Ah. But if you go and export that video, the captions won't be won't baked be in. Yeah. We want to make sure that the captions are baked in because when you start testing videos with captions on different platforms and mobile devices, it's very finicky. So as an example, when you place a Facebook or Instagram ad, you can app upload a captions file. A captions file is an SRT file. You can upload that file, but it, it's, it, you'll be very, very frustrated that it doesn't appear on every device. Got so it. It, the safest way is to just bake them in. So it's in the video. Once it's in the video, you can't even extract it. Even if you wanted to, Jeez, I haven't so mentioned I haven't everywhere. mentioned Fiverr on the show for a while, but that is um, that's a website that's been around for a long, long, long time. Um, but and you can get some amazing stuff done on there. Not no more is it, it used to be. Remember when it launched? It was like you could get things done for five bucks. That's why it's called yeah. Fiverr. But <laughs> no longer the case anymore. But you know, just to give us a sense, Cham, of what what would you expect um, if I sent someone a five minute video on Fiverr to bake in the captions? What would I expect to pay? You'd expect to pay, you know, anywhere between ten to twenty dollars. Uh, you can awesome. get the captions transcribed. I mean, we all, all talk about rev.com, R-E-V.com. Yes, they transcribe um, anything for a dollar a minute, and they're lightning fast. The turnaround time is like twenty-four hours. Sometimes, sometimes we've had it done in four hours. Yeah, for a dollar a minute, and then you take that captions file, which costs you five dollars, and tell the the person on Fiverr, "Hey, can you bake this in?" It's probably going to end up costing you a total of fifteen dollars. I would yeah, say. Yeah, awesome, awesome, mate. Okay, uh, gee, we're halfway, Cham. Uh, I uh, number six, Facebook tip. Do you want me to six. speed it up, mate? Or how's the speed no, going? No, mate, you? I'm really enjoying this. You, 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 you know, classic market, and I imagine this is what your one day course is like, where you lots of practical tips. I mean, everything you've shared so far. Um, what I like is that it's very implementable. It's it's a little bit geeky, but it's very understandable. Um, yeah. And clearly, um, you know, I can imagine someone listening who's spent the hundred bucks on Facebook and and been demoralised by the whole experience now going, "Geez, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to spend another hundred bucks or five bucks a day and apply these tips." And I imagine the return will increase. That's, significantly. that's definitely my goal. I mean, I wish I could be in front of people live in person because I start showing graphs and walking them through the steps of actually how I would place a Facebook ad and all these different things. Um, but yeah, I, I show that at the one day course. But I can move on to number six, number six. if you like. Um, number six is all about building relationships because I feel that far too many marketers and business owners, we want quote unquote the sale right now. So we talk about how good this special offer is. But I always say that marketing is like matchmaking. You know, I don't just meet a, a lady and then ask her to marry me straight away. There needs to be the a warm-up phase of building a relationship. So in this day and age, the way I like to build a relationship is by giving solutions to people's problems in the way of education because it's free, it builds trusts, and because I'm educating people, I have their time and attention. So all of these great things come with giving away education and any company can do it. I mean, I was talking to a lady who did brow bars in Melbourne, mm -hmm. so she would paint eyebrows on women, essentially. I'm sure it's not exactly like that, but that's what it is. And I've actually interviewed said, an owner of a brow bar, but I, will, I, w I won't get into the detail. It is more than that. Just in case you speak to her again, Cham, know that it's more than painting eyebrows <laughs> on women, okay? They do threading. I can take you through threading, but I won't right now. Keep going. Uh, so I was talking about, you know, what could you educate them on? Someone who's looking for your services, they're probably looking at, you know, is it safe? What are the dangers of it? So you could put out uh, an ebook or a video or something all about these solutions to problems she's currently thinking of right now. So don't say you've got a special on right now. Talk about all of these other issues. And then later on, um, on the second date, so to speak, that's when you can bring up how about you come in for a free consultation or something mm -hmm. like that? So you always want to be building relationships with your offer. All of the Facebook ads we run, very rarely do we ask for a whole bunch of money up front. It's always, how can I give value? Some of the, the ads that I run don't even have a call to action. They're just, <laughs> here's a video giving you value because I'm, I'm warming you up by giving you some great information first. 
all the information, of course, we have are fantastic. But if I just kick down the door and say, hey, I'm Cham. I've been doing marketing for so long. Did you want to do like a marketing yeah. course or something like that? It just, it falls on deaf ears. And, and people want to try before they buy these days anyways. They, they want to have a go at something. Well, there's a couple of things there. I mean, that whole uh, concept of help, being helpful in your marketing. I mean, I've, I've banged on about it now for years and years and years. It works. You know, when you're helpful, you draw people towards you, you become a trusted source, you make it easier for people to make a more informed purchase decision. And when they are ready, they come to you. And often they're less price sensitive because you've been the helpful guy in that industry. Exactly. Great point. I mean, this is the whole concept with the internet got born a new marketing method that we call freemium. It's like free with premium. You can get a whole bunch of stuff for free on on Gmail, on Spotify, <clears throat> on Evernote, all these applications. And you just give so much value, a small percentage of people of their own volition will be like, oh yeah, I'll pay for the premium version. And then it makes yeah. everything worthwhile. That's exactly how I run my business. I just help people as much as I can every which way. And people of their own volition think, hey, Cham, how can we learn more? And then you mention something and that's it. Do you, you, given you subscribe to the whole idea of being helpful, giving all your, you know, your knowledge away, Cham, like you are on this free podcast right now, um, do you get to the, is there a point where you go, I feel like I'm giving away too much or do you subscribe to the Jamie Oliver School, which is give away, give it, give it all away because they're still going to want to buy your book and your videos and all that? Yeah, I subscribe to the the give it all away. I it's not that I'm trying to give everything away and drop in my pants, so to speak. It's <laughs> it's more that every opportunity I have right now on this podcast, I want to give as much value as I can in this podcast. Whether or not someone sees me again or comes to a course or calls our company, that doesn't really matter. My main job is to give as much value as possible. But I know it's not like these are the only tips I've got. Like I don't have to protect these 10 tips because yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, if this right. is all I knew, then I probably wouldn't We're in give trouble. it all away. All um, right. Number seven, Chair. Number seven would be to, to test. I think a lot of people try something like they spend $50 on one ad with one audience and then they think it didn't work and they just give up. But you got to test. You got to test for at least seven days and you got to test with at least three different audiences and at least three different types of ads. Uh, that would be the minimum amount of testing. And that testing, by the way, could cost you just $100. It's it's actually a lot better for small business owners out there to spend more time on the marketing, as in test for a longer period of days, as opposed to spending more money. Because it's just the way Facebook works. It can pick and choose when ads are going to be the cheapest for you. So yeah, test at least three different audiences, at least three different ads over a seven-day period for at least $100. Um and before you you think uh, you know this 100 percent isn't isn't working for me, there has to be a testing period. It, It'd be like if I was a stand-up comedian and the very first joke I told, no one laughed. I think ah, oh, my my jokes don't work. Mm. It's because I got to test like, a yeah, few yeah. different ways to deliver them, a few different audiences, a few different jokes. And then once the good news is, the great thing about having a system that works for you, you only have to get it right once. So think of it like. You're a chef in the kitchen like Jamie Oliver. You're cooking up different recipes. You only have to get one recipe to work and you can use it for the rest of your life. And in terms of um, testing and knowing what's working, what's not, clearly um, the best outcome is a sale and the ad that's getting the most sales. But what are your other criteria for success? Is it likes, shares, comments? Is it, um, you know, clicks through to your website, grabbing an email? How do you know what success looks like? There's many different metrics that Facebook gives you. I look at click-through rate. So what percentage of people who see the ad are actually clicking? I look at they give you something called relevance. It's a score from zero to 10, 10 being unbelievable, and then five being very average. So how relevant it is. Uh, I'd be looking at how what percentage of the video that they watched. You can only do that for videos, obviously, but you could see what percentage of people watched it for 25%, 50%, three seconds of the video. And you can even decide to what we call remarket or retarget, You know, show the ad or show a different ad only to people who watched at least half of it. But there's a whole bunch of different metrics. Yeah, the main one is, you know, click-through rate, then how many people opt in on the landing page and how many people decide to, you know, purchase a course after that. Facebook tip number eight, Cham. 
a very small and quick win, which is use emojis. So when you place a Facebook ad, you can't increase the font size. You can't bold and underline things. So you have to rely on emojis to do the formatting for you. And the reason that's important is if you just blurb out a whole bunch of text, it looks very boring to the reader, text after text. So I use emojis. I go to emojipedia.org, emojipedia.org. And I look at emojis that are useful, like it could be the smiley face. It could be a finger pointing down. That's actually the name of an emoji, Mm -hmm. finger pointing down, (laughs) because I could say, you know, click the link below. Um, I could use bullet points. So I might have five reasons to respond to the ad, but I get an emoji that's the number one, two, three, four, five, but it stands out for people. You know, love hearts, arrows, things like that. kind of break up the, the formatting with, with emojis. And, what, do you, what, what do you say to the business owner that goes, well, I, I'm in a serious business here. It's all very well for Cham to, you know, put in the finger pointing down emoji. Uh, <laughs> are, are you being too flippant or not? There are some, uh, not all emojis have to be like the stinky poo emoji or very comical. <laughs> there, there are emojis that are more like you could do arrows instead of doing bullet points. Uh, um, yep. Actually, there's an emoji arrow or ticks. Here's who it's for. And the other thing I'd say is the numbers don't lie. Emojis yes. get a 12% uplift in, in click-through rates. Wow. So, uh, I do like the stinky poo emoji, just to be clear. <laughs> uh, number nine? The number nine would be evergreen ads. Evergreen means it never gets old. So let's say you've got an ad and you say, I've got a special in the month of October 2019. The problem with running an ad like that is I can't come back in three months' time and just switch on that ad. I like to have my marketing be very automated. Once I've done the setup, I want to be able to switch it on and it's all good to go. So if you do evergreen ads, they don't have a date, they don't have a time. I'm not locked in to certain things. Like I run ads for different cities. I don't name all of the 10 cities I'm going to because I might want to do an 11th city next Mm. year. Why is this important? Because I get to compound my likes, comments, and shares. Uh So the same ad that I ran a year ago that now has 100 likes, 20 comments, and five shares if I decide to switch it on today, it starts with 100 likes, 20 comments, and five shares. And that's massive social proof and trust. And in two years, I once had an ad, we've retired this course, but I had an ad that got up to um, 1,800 likes, 500 comments, and 200 shares, roughly. That's massive social proof when someone sees that. You can only do that with evergreen ads. And if I had a drum roll, I'd put it in right now, but number 10 champ number 10 would be by the way these aren't necessarily in order but it would be hand handle objections in your facebook ad a lot of marketers and business owners we get so on this track about saying how good something is that it doesn't even enter our mind about what about the bad things so think about your ad think all right if i was my ideal client reading this and i was a bit skeptical what would i be skeptical about what would be my objection ah my objection would be what if I am not good with technology? Well, if that's true, then put that in the copy. So as an example, for my marketing ads, I'll say, learn how to get a 500% return on every marketing dollar you spend. Even if you're not tech savvy, have a small budget or you're starting from scratch. Because I know those are the three biggest things stopping from people of even thinking about marketing in the first place. And they're simply not true. Like you don't need massive budgets. You don't have to be doing an IT degree just to place a Facebook ad. Love that. What, what about handling objections in the comments under the Facebook ad? I see this a bit in in products that come across my Insta or Facebook feed, and I you know go and look at them and see what others are saying. Often there's a lot of negative comments, but the the advertisers not responding to them. Are they taking it offline, or what's happening there? Yeah, that's that's pretty terrible. So I mean, part of the checklist that I run for placing Facebook ads or any type of ads, you got to come back every couple of days at least. And if the comments are just hateful, it's not even constructive criticism. I delete them and I ban the person. If if the comments are good, I reply to them. I ask them, you know, other questions. I help them. If it's constructive criticism, I'm all for that as well. Because if other people are thinking about it, like mm. some people might message back, hey, why is this event free? Is it just going to be a massive sales pitch? Well, then I explain. We run our business. It's like freemium marketing, just like Google. And I have that answer for everyone to see because that's what it is. A small tip on the side, while you're replying to these comments, you might end up having 100 people who like your Facebook ad, you should go in and invite them all to like your Facebook page because that's just free people, so to speak, (laughs) who now will will like your Facebook page and you don't have to 
pay to grow your Facebook likes. But yeah, I, I would respond to comments. Same thing I do to Google reviews and, and Facebook reviews. I mean, fingers crossed we don't get any bad reviews, but I go in and respond to any ones that are constructive criticism or even the good ones just to you know, engage people even more. Love it. Cham, they are really good tips. Uh, every single one of them is is implementable. I, I'll create a list of those and put them in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 461. But even more importantly, uh, if we have piqued your interest as a small business owner listening uh, who wants to improve their marketing, not only nail their Facebook advertising, clearly Cham is an absolute champion at uh, at Facebook ads, but um, thank you, Cham. I thought, yeah, you know. <laughs> great, be... great puns there, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Reed. Um, but um, you obviously also cover a whole lot of other stuff: SEO, Google, uh, message, email, subject line writing, a whole lot of other stuff. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty good day uh, for free. I would suggest you go along. Uh, you can find out all the details and register over at authentic.com.au. Cham, thanks for sharing, buddy. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me. And I'll just leave everyone with how I like to end things. And it's my favorite quote of all time, which is, you don't have to get it right, you just have to get it started. Thanks for having me, Tim. There you go. Small business marketing champion, Cham Tang. How's that for a practical little episode? I am guessing your notebook is full. Well, here's what grabbed my attention from our chat with Cham. Attention grabber number one. I love Cham's learning from Tony Robbins. And I quote, the same reason they come is the same reason they will buy, end quote. Love it. So now your challenge is to find the reason people are coming to your business in the first place and using that as your key marketing message to convert them into a sale. Attention grabber number two, I love Cham's point about handling objections in your marketing copy. Like this is copywriting 101 which, by the the way, he teaches a lot more of during his one-day course, so uh, another reason to attend it. But um, handling objections is just such a smart way of getting people across the line when they're sort of going, oh, should I use this business, shouldn't I? Your copy can help you do that. Attention grabber number three. I love the idea of spying on your competitors' ads inside the Facebook ads library. That sounds like a new addition, but... um, and not just competitors, but businesses who are in the same industry and space as you, but could be on the other side of the world, just to see what they're doing. That's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, get out the diary, block out some time, and implement it. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Oh, yes, indeedly, doodly. It's time to reward another motivated listener for simply taking some motivated marketing action, some inspired marketing action. Uh, Today's winner of the Monster Prize Draw is... Ashley Bingham of fashion label Avila. Well done, Ashley. Here's what... He had or she, hmm, he or she, it's interesting, tough one. Awkward moment right now, but we'll go with it. Here's what they had to say. Hey, Timbo, I absolutely love your podcast. Not only has it shown me how important marketing is, but I now actually love marketing when I used to really hate it. (laughs) That's awesome, Ash. My job here is done. I've been filling up my marketing ideas notebook with so much marketing gold from, from your shows. One idea that I have recently implemented is collaboration with other brands. Oh, I love collaboration, Ash. Love it. I first got this idea from your interview with Peter Wells when he was talking about collaborating with other companies and his suppliers to help get Davo's Fishing Tackle Shop, which is what Peter's business was, name more prominent and doesn't necessarily have to be with companies within his industry. Absolutely, you can partner up with companies outside of your industry, often uh, a more effective strategy. I'm partnered with Virgin Airlines, and I'm not in the airline industry. I run a women's athleisure fashion label. Well, that's a new category, athleisure. Or is it? Sort of like a Lululemon called Avila. And instead of doing what fashion brands do and marketing within the industry and the usual places, I have come at marketing to my customer from a different aspect of their lifestyle that I've learned is important to them. Oh, I like this. I now come at marketing from a wellness and healthy lifestyle point of view where I collaborate with wellness brands. 
our latest collaboration, which was a very low-risk strategy for us, increased our website traffic, wait for it, by 700%, increased our Instagram following by around 1,000 followers, and has given us an opportunity to interact with a group of people who had not known about Avila previously. That's brilliant, Ash. Simple, low-risk, probably low-cost too. In this collaboration, I was able to find a, a way to create value for the company I was collaborating with, even though they are a larger business than mine and a low-risk and very low-cost way that worked for my business too. Thanks for making every episode so engaging and full of marketing gold, Timbo. Warm regards, Ashley, founder and designer at Avila, A-V-I-L-A. Ash, that's a really good outcome. Well done to you for sending me in that email. That's what you got to do. You've won over a thousand bucks worth of prizes, including a full range of Liars non-alcoholic spirits. That's valued at over five hundred bucks. A fifty-dollar Sendal voucher, a one hundred-dollar Tradies Undies voucher. They have women's undies as well as men's. Fifty-dollar voucher to buy some Santa Abel PJs. A seventy-five-dollar City Lard voucher. My DNA test kit valued at ninety-nine bucks. Seventy-five-dollar voucher to snottynoses.com.au. If you've got a little one that's got a block nose, $75 voucher to use at on-the-go merchandise, and you get promotion on this show, which you just did, and a backlink in the show notes, which Google love. So, Ash, uh, done well. Congratulations for not only listening, but it, but implementing, because that's where the magic is. Hey, everyone else, enter. Tim at timreid, reid.com.au. All you've got to do is email me one idea you've implemented from listening to this show and what impact it's had on your business. Try to keep it under 100 words because my attention span is short. And if I read it out on air, you win. That pretty much brings us to the end of episode 461 of your favourite marketing podcast. A reminder that you'll find plenty more where this came from on the podcast One Australia app, plus my entire archive lives over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Next episode, we catch up with one of the more passionate business owners I've had a chat with in recent years. He owns a high-end charcuterie. (laughs) Do you know what that is? I didn't between you and I. If you're getting value from listening, then don't keep it a secret. Please share this podcast around, which is presented by me, Timbo Reed, and cleverly pulled together by the intuitive team at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Now get out there and take action. <laughs>